Oh, I love that. I love hearing that. Oh. Yes. Yes, Lord, bless them. Strengthen them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Fill their vehicles with your presence. Give them the strength they need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Lord, fill this place right now. As your word comes forth, I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to come upon every person in this building, watching online around the world right now. Holy Spirit, let your heart, let your heart be poured out upon the people today. And everybody said? Amen. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 15. Psalm chapter 15. We'll start with that. Oh, thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit wants to uh, straighten our thought life out. Amen? Isn't that what the preaching and teaching of the Word really is? It's to get us straightened out. Amen? Aligned with His thinking and what He desires. Psalm 15, 1 through 5. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. He who does uh, not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. Now go down the road to Psalm 24. Psalm 24. Let's take a look at that one. Because they kind of go hand in hand. They're, they're like side by side. And it says these words. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully? He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Notice, seek his face, not his hand. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Now, the Holy Spirit led me to these two chapters in Psalm this week uh, when I was going through my daily devotion devotions. And so these really jumped out. As I began reading these two Psalms, just the words just jumped right out to me, and I knew this was something the Holy Spirit wanted me to share with, with the people today. So the title of my message is this. Are you ready? The Importance of Character. The Importance of Character. Now, the definition of character is this. Are you ready? The mental and moral qualities 
distinctive to an individual. It includes your personality, your reliability, and honesty. I don't know if you know this or not, but character matters to God. Many Christians are always saying it's not about works, but when the Word of God is talking about works, it's talking about the Christian doing this. Are you ready? Working righteousness. Say working righteousness. You see, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ as a Christian, He made you righteous by faith. In fact, you became righteous before you even did one good work. Did you know that? All right? And now, because of His righteousness in you, we are to be workers of His righteousness. Does that make sense to you? The Word of God says that we're not saved by good works, but by grace, right? Now, there's one that's twisted really bad a lot, okay? In other words, this is what that means, we're saved by grace. It means that we didn't earn Jesus coming down and dying on the cross for you. It doesn't mean you can live your life like Satan on this earth. Oh, come on, somebody. It means that we did not earn our salvation. It is a free gift offered through faith, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. While we were yet sinners, it says, that we didn't deserve it, but He did it anyways. Aren't you glad for that? That's the grace of God. You didn't earn Jesus coming down. Amen? So the provision for salvation is available to all, all right? Say provision. Provision. There's some people who are are heretics, right? They think that, oh, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. You don't even have to receive Jesus. You're saved whether you receive him or not. That's false. That's a doctrine of demons. You do know that, right? The provision's there, but you've got to put your faith in Jesus to tap in to that salvation, amen? So good works will not get you saved because you didn't do anything to earn it. But good works will keep you saved. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on. Once saved, always saved is a lie from the pits of hell. The Word of God even says that we, it's possible for us to deny God in our works, in our actions in life. In fact, it even says that our names can be blotted out of the book of life. If it can be blotted out, it must mean that it must have been in it, right? Say blotted out. Oh, come on. I know, I know it's not shouting material. Especially if you're backslidden. You're probably feeling real uncomfortable right now. Psalm 15.2 talks about working righteousness. So we as Christians are expected and commanded to be workers of righteousness. Say, I'm a worker of righteousness. Even if you're not, you need to speak it and see it for it to take place. Amen? Jesus himself said this. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Amen? Have you ever heard of the saying, actions speak louder than words? Well, that also goes for your relationship in your Christian walk with your Heavenly Father. Amen? You can speak words and still live contrary to those words. Did you find that out? Look at 1 John 1. I'm just setting this up. Don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll get off of this in a minute so some start feeling real uncomfortable. You can get back to kind of feeling a little bit better. But now... <laughs> That's kind of a joke, people. Um, now, First uh, John 1, <laughs> 5 through 7. Look at this. It says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, 
that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in the darkness. In other words, so your words are not lining up with your actions, right? We lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen? So works will not get you saved, but they'll keep you saved. I know people who were on fire for the Lord, and they are living like Satan right now on this earth. You cannot tell me that they're on their way to heaven right now. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. The Bible even says this. Work out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. Okay? Many Christians are troubled hearing that, but think about it. Do you really think... That, that a person is really born again, it, 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 living the life of a Christian, living like the devil. Now, thank God for deathbed conversions, right? Say deathbed conversions. Here's the problem. Many people are counting on having a deathbed conversion. But here's the problem. You might not have one. You might not have time. Come on, Amen. I've talked to people before who said, no, you know, I, I just want to live my life the way I want to live it right now. And, and later on, I'll do it. Guess what? They got killed instantly in a car accident. So, but now here's the deal. God knows when you cross that line, okay? But you should have a pretty accurate idea if your life is a mess. Right? The Holy Ghost is not going to keep you in the dark. He wants you to come back into the light. Are you following me? All right. So I'm not talking about sinning like occasionally. You, okay, you messed up. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about making a lifestyle of sin. There is a difference. Say lifestyle. I'm talking about a consistency. Amen. And it happens when we step out of a spiritual mindset. Look at 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, 1 and 2. Look at this. It says this, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate, a lawyer with the Father. Come on, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. That means he satisfied the Father with his sacrifice of his life. The propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. The provision is there. Say provision. But I, I pointed this out before, but I want to say it again. Because a lot of times we get in this mode like, oh, yeah, you know what? You're just going to sin. You're going to sin your whole life. You're going to sin. But I want you to notice this. You've got to arm your mind like this. It says this. If anyone sins. Not when. Are you following me? I'm talking about a lifestyle versus just messing up. Are you following me? It says, if anyone sins. In other words, sinning should be so rare for the born-again Christian that you should be aware of it when it happens and deal with it immediately and don't let it snowball in your life. Are you following me? It's that snowball effect that's going to bite you in the tail. You ever been there before? Someone says, well, I can do this. You know, they tap into something, whatever it is, alcohol, drug, whatever it is. If I just do one, oh, here it goes. Here goes the downward spiral. Are you following me? 
Don't let it snowball. Deal with it immediately. Amen? So that's why the Word of God is consistently telling us to live righteously in this evil world system and to work righteousness, to constantly check our heart. Not just believe the Word, but act on it. Obey it. Repent and turn from evil, right? There's a word you don't hear in a lot of churches. Repent. Repent. That just means turning from your sin, having a mind change, and following the Lord. Say repent. Satan, demons, and the entire kingdom of darkness, listen to me, they believe in God. You know that? They believe the word of God. Absolutely. That's why they try to keep you from it. But there is not one ounce of obedience in the kingdom of darkness. The truth about your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is really exposed and proved in your actions. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. You're not going to just talk the talk. You're going to walk the walk. Amen? So Jesus said we would know them by their fruit. So the fruit of our life or actions, that's the evidence that our heart is filled with the love of God and his word or not. So, okay, now I'm off of that. Everyone take a deep breath right now. All right, here we go. Now let's start unpacking Psalm 15 and 24 and see what the Holy Spirit's trying to tell us and how to apply it to our life. Because character does matter. Amen? When these two psalms are talking about the tabernacle and the holy hill of God, it's referring to this. It's referring to the Ark of the Covenant where the presence of God was contained and where worshipers gathered. Amen? So listen to this. Your character, your moral qualities are directly connected to how much of the presence of God you're going to experience and the blessing of God you're going to experience in your life. And the blessing we are in the blessing, we are in a covenant with God. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but a covenant is not a one way street. If you're married, you should know that. If you don't know that, you might have a divorce under your belt somewhere. Are you following me? Don't, don't, divorce people, don't get offended. I'm a divorced, okay? So, come on. I, I, I can freely joke about that because I've been there, amen? But, you know, oh, it's getting mighty quiet in here. Here's the deal. The book of Psalm in the Old Testament, all right? The book of song, uh, Psalm in the Old Test is in the Old Testament. But listen to this. The moral code has never been done away with. Some Christians think they can just take the whole Old Testament, the books in the Old Testament, and throw them away. Oh, we're under the New, Te- we're under the New Testament, right? Matthew through Revelation, right? But no, 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 no. Many Christians think that God just wiped away everything that's in, in Genesis, you know, in, in the Old Testament. But listen to me. Through faith in Jesus Christ, he came and and he wiped away the ordinances. He wiped away the sacrifices. So in other words, like I said before, you don't have to slaughter animals for your righteousness. Are you following me? But here's what you need to know. The moral code is still intact. The Ten Commandments are still active, people. Are you following me? The statutes and moral commands are still valid and active under this new covenant. I want to show you something. Go to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. 
Psalm 19, 7 through 9, I want to take a look at here. Say moral codes. Listen to this, 7 through 9 of Psalm 19. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Now, here's you probably heard the word statute before, and some of you have no clue. I used to be that. Like, what does that even mean? You just read through it, right? The word statute is defined as this. Listen to this. A law or decree, a mandate, a precept, rules, and it derives from a root word meaning this. Are you ready? Engraved or permanent. The statutes of the Lord never change. The statutes of the Lord have never been done away with. What Jesus wiped away was the ordinances that we don't have to sacrifice and burn things for God's approval anymore. Thank you, Lord. Amen? But many Christians think, I'm telling you right now, some of you are saying, no way. They do. Many Christians think that everything's been done away with. So, you know, homosexuality and all of these things are just fine because, well, that was in the Old Testament. But no, no, no. Actually, Romans 1 talks about homosexuality and against it. Did you know that? That's just one example. It's just a big one that's glaring at us in this, uh, you know, this world, obviously. That I, that's why I use it as an example. But there's a lot more. But the Holy Spirit is our helper to help and equip, equip us to work righteousness. Here's the thing. You're not in it alone. You're not in this Christian walk alone. Amen? But he is called the helper. He helps. So you got to start doing, and then he helps. He's not the doer. He's the helper. You're supposed to be the doer of the word. He's helping you do the word. Are you following me? So verse 8 says, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, or they should. Come on. If they're not, you're too much in the flesh. The commandment of the Lord, which are still active in the new covenant, is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear or reverence of the Lord is clean. I find it interesting in 2 Corinthians, it tells us as Christians, listen, it says, touch not the unclean thing. Does it not? But this says the fear of the Lord is clean. And it says, touch not the unclean thing. And to come out from among them, meaning this world, this evil world system, amen, that's based on sin and everything against God. God's moral commandments, don't ever forget this, they are active forever. And and the Holy Spirit showed me this. Are you ready for this? Listen to this. The moral commandments in the Word of God are a glimpse of what the will of God was or the original intent when He first created us before the fall. Are you following me? The commandments of God, how we are to live our life, that was God's original intent. The commandments of God are trying to get us back to the original intent before the fall. Jesus is called the second Adam. Come on, amen? He's the second Adam. He came to reverse the curse of what Adam opened up. 
Amen? So he's trying to get us back to that original intent. So when you got born again, the Holy Spirit came into your spirit. And he took away what's called the hardness of heart. It's called the stony heart. But be careful. Because you can go back to that stony heart. Don't tell me you can't. I know a lot of Christians who they were fired up. They were soft toward people. And all of a sudden, through the course of time, their heart got hardened. Because people treated them poorly. Because they got their eyes off the Word and off of the Lord. And they focused on the person. And now that stoniness is back. Are you following me? Don't revert back to that stony heart. The purpose of that changed heart is to be able to obey the moral code and be a worker for, of righteousness. Oh, come on. Listen to this. Be, why? Because character matters. I'm talking about the importance of your character today. Listen to this. The first condition that Psalm 15 talks about is this. Walking uprightly. Working righteousness and speaking truth in your heart. God is a God of truth. Say truth. And He expects us, His people, to speak truth and to live truth. And to be honest with Him and honest with each other. Are you following me? Here's what you got to understand. A liar will always be found out. (laughs) Come on, somebody. A liar will always be found out. A failure to live a life of truth will cause you to forfeit the blessing of God and His awesome presence and joy in your life. Amen? A true worshiper of God will base and center their life around truth. Say truth. Think about it this way. Satan is called what? The father of what? Lies. So if you are a deceitful person toward others, you are walking in the same path as Satan himself in the kingdom of darkness. God is saying this. He's saying, I will not tolerate lies. It, It will hold back my blessings in your life. Why? 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 Because character matters. Say character. Look at Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6. Proverbs chapter 6, 16 through 19. And it says this. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Number one, a proud look. I I don't like arrogant people. Does anybody? I don't like arrogant people. I, 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 I thank God I wasn't raised that way. Are you following me? But don't blame it on your childhood because you're an adult now. You can change. If you're arrogant, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Can't stand it. Listen to this. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, which includes your imagination, feet that are swift to run into evil, a false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among brethren. God hates those things. They're an abomination to him. One thing about being a good spouse, 
is finding out what your spouse hates and don't do it. Right? Find out what they hate and stay away from it. And remember it. The same is true in your relationship with your heavenly father. Always remember, whatever you sow in your life, you will reap blessing or cursing. Amen? You better think about the consequences before you decide to sin. Eventually, there will be a payday for them if not repented and forsaken. Amen? Start being honest with yourself. Start being honest with others. Amen? Live a pure, clean, holy life before God and other people. Amen? You'll just walk around feeling cleaner. You'll, you'll, your conscience, you'll have a free conscience. Amen. There's something to be said about a clear and free conscience. Amen. Look at Psalm 15, three and four. Go back there with me. Why? Because character matters to God. Psalm 15, three and four. He who does not backbite, backbite with his tongue. Hold on here. Psalm 15, 3, and 4. Okay, yeah, I'm at the right place. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend. So I want you to notice something on on, uh, chapter 15 of Psalm. All of the conditions of abiding in the presence of God, dwelling in his holy hill. Are you ready for this? All have to do with your heart condition and motivation toward other people. Did you notice that? Your character and how you treat other people matters to God. Now, some of you are like, okay, yeah, so? But listen to this. I want you to, to, I want you to also notice it talks about abiding in. Say in. In the tabernacle and in His holy hill. Now listen to this. In his holy hill. What's that talking about? In his holy hill for protection as a bunker. Now, some of you just kind of went over your head, but let me, show, let me tell you what bunker. Say bunker. I'm not talking about Archie bunker here. No, 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 no. Listen, a bunker is defined as this. A reinforced underground shelter, typically for use in wartime. Oh, you didn't see it. I don't know if you know this or not, but we're in a war. We're in a battle right now. We need all the protection we can get. Amen. And we need to be in that holy hill, in that bunker, because it's wartime. Amen. Now, listen. So holy living will protect you in this spiritual war on this earth and place you in the secret place of the Most High in His holy hill. In the bunker of God where the enemy can't touch you. But listen to me. Our relationships with other people matters to God. You can't say that you love God and hate people and treat them like dirt. You cannot truly worship God and have Him on the throne of your heart and life if you're treating others poorly. I truly believe this is an area that many Christians don't even think about. They don't even connect it to their relationship with God. They separate it. 
They separate. That's why you got people who are horrible to people outside Monday through Saturday. And they can come in here and lift their hands to the Lord. They mistakenly think that their relationship toward others is separate in their relationship with God. That is the ultimate mistake. In fact, if you look at the cross, you got your vertical relationship with God and horizontal with people. Are you following me? <laughs> so, many Christians are separating this thing, all right? Uh, the Holy Spirit is making it very clear that how you treat others, listen to this, how you treat others is it a direct reflection of your heart toward God. And He will not allow His blessing or presence to saturate your life. Uh, you will not walk in the anointing and power of God in your life if you're treating others bad. Amen? In fact, the Word of God is very clear in this passage that treating others without love and respect is a lack of the fear of the Lord. Now, remember it said the fear of the Lord is clean. Say clean. Another verse said the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Amen? So the fear of the Lord is clean. So a lack of the fear of the Lord then means this. It's unclean. And that is why a lack of the fear of the Lord with unforgiveness, bitterness, treating people like dirt, it will defile your heart and life. Say defile. That is why giving place to those evil things in your life opens you up to demonic spirits, or as Jesus called them, what? The tormentors. Some of y'all might be being tormented, not because, uh, because of, uh, you know, your relationship with God, but your relationship toward people. Be, but they're connected. Say they're connected. I, I just, I, it, it boggles my mind how I see some people treat others. Amen? Now, tr listen to this. So it's time that we start evaluating our actions toward others and seeing it for what it really is. It's a reflection on our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Amen? All right? So now, so treating others poorly, let's, let's, let's touch on this real quick. By backbiting, gossip, and without love, it causes a disorder in the body of Christ. Say disorder. It causes disorder. God is a God of order. He hates disorder. Amen? So, what is backbiting? Are you ready for this? Here we go. Backbiting is defined as malicious talk about someone that's not present. Now, right? It's kind of like, yeah, okay, well, that's good. No, but what does malicious mean? Listen to this. Oh, this takes it even deeper to, a, to the real level here. Malicious is defined as this, intended or intending to do harm. And so, let's put those two together. Backbiting, then, is talking about someone not present, intending to do harm to them. Harm to their character, harm to them. Come on, somebody. Trying to get other people on your side. Why? Because misery loves company. Are you following me? So, you can say this way. Murder uh, I'm sorry, backbiting is verbal murder or harm against a per person's character, relationships, and life. With the motive, say motive, motive. 
of harming them. You can murder someone with your big mouth. You can murder a local church with your big mouth. Are you following me right now? You can murder leaders, pastors with your big mouth. Amen. I'm telling you right now, this is one of the biggest things. Now, so it all comes down to motive. Say motive. What's the motive? Amen. So backbiters, like I said, they have to rally or recruit people on their side. Come on, somebody. You know, it might work initially, but just remember, whatever you're sowing, you're going to reap in your own life. Amen? Say backbiting. Say, I'm going to stop it. Okay. Listen. (laughs) This happens all the time. People talk trash with the motive to destroy people. And like I said, it's, it's disorder in the kingdom of God. That's why in Psalm 133, it says that God blesses unity among the brethren. Unity. So if God blesses unity, what do you think the enemy is going to try to do? So division. Come on, people. We got to wake up. We got to wake up. We got, we got to recognize it for what this is. Amen? There's a meme on Facebook. It has like five matches in a row, and three of them have fired. One's pulled away, and it stops it from moving forward. If someone starts backbiting, you pull out. You say, look, this is backbiting. Stop it. Stop it. I don't care how angry you are at the pastor. Oh! I don't care how angry you are at that leader in the church. I don't care how angry you are at your mother-in-law. You get the point. Just stop. Deal with it in your own heart between you and the Lord. Amen? God hates disorder and we should too. Amen? So you need to get... Get to know your heavenly Father in, his, in, his, in the Word of God. The Word of God instructs us to be a person. Listen to this. Business people, right? And personal. The Word of God instructs us to be a person who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Okay, now that's not talking about harming yourself physically. Are you following me? Listen to this. That is talking about when you give your word to do something for someone, and later on, before you do this thing, you find out it's not going to benefit you or your business personally, and you back out. You don't fulfill your vow. He's saying, I don't, if you gave your person your word, if you gave them the vow, but you're going to lose money doing it, do it anyways. Listen to this. Oh, my goodness. So God is telling us that we will never go wrong staying honest and trustworthy. Live in a life of integrity. Our Heavenly Father has integrity. Listen to this. This, the Holy Spirit spoke this to me. Because, you know, I, I get it. You know, in your personal life, business, man, you promised to do something for someone. But, man, it's not going to benefit you. Man, the business is going to lose. It don't matter. Here's what the Holy Spirit told me. Ready for this? He said, even the temporary loss of keeping your word and being honest will cause the blessing to stay in place over your life and over your business. 
Because you did it with integrity. You did it with honesty. I'm going to keep my word. I told you I would do this. And guess what? I'm still going to do it. Know what? You know what? Just Maybe you shouldn't have opened your big mouth promising it. Maybe you should have thought it through a little bit more. But guess what? You're stuck now. Are you following me? And listen, God takes that personally. You want to know how many people have got rolled over and steamrolled by businesses in this area? Are you following me? We've got to, as the church, as the body of Christ, especially, we've got to do better. We, our businesses should look different than some child of the devil that has a business. You know, you can kind of expect that out of someone who their daddy's Satan. But not Father God. Right? Like when a business says, oh yeah, we'll be out this week. We still haven't seen them for over four weeks probably. Are you kidding me? It's it's an epidemic. It's horrible. We've got to do better. Remember, even the temporary loss, financially or whatever, of keeping your word and being honest will still cause the blessing to remain in place in your life. That's powerful. Most sin happens. Listen to this. Most sin happens in our life because we're only thinking about the moment. Are you following me? And not about the consequences that will eventually catch up to us. That's really, that's, the, that's why sin looks pleasing at the moment. It's a temporary thing. It, it looks good in the moment. Child of God, you're not looking straight ahead. You don't, oh, come on. You don't see that roadblock up here that has Satan all over it that you're about to run into. You better think before you act. Think before you speak. Amen? Then the Word of God goes on to talk about not put a person that does not put out his money at usury. All right? This is what that's talking about. This is referring to a Levitical law. Listen. That prohibited demanding interest on loans to the poor. God has a special place for the poor people. Do you know that? They have, God has a very tender heart toward the poor. I, I mean, people who are truly poor. Are you following? Not, not people that were dumb and made mistakes. They shouldn't have. Come on, somebody. I'm not talking about the person that's gone to the casino and sold their, got rid of their house. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who are legitimately poor. They cannot provide for the needs. So God says, listen, if you're going to oppress the poor, you're coming against me. Are you following me? Be generous like our Heavenly Father and help those who are less fortunate without expecting anything in return from them. Don't be an oppressor like our enemy Satan in the kingdom of darkness. Amen? Don't ever forget. Listen to this. When you are blessing the poor and others, you are doing it unto the Lord. Stop thinking about it as a worldly business deal. I can't stand that. Come on. Amen? 
And then the Word of God goes on to talk about taking bribes against the innocent. Well, let me just tell you something. Are you ready for this? It may look like a lot of people are losing right now because of that, but justice always prevails in the end. Washington, D.C. They think they're getting away with it, but they're not. Come on. Oh, you better believe there's warring angels waiting and ready to take. Come on, somebody. Like I said, it may not look like it at the moment, but God is watching and angels in the kingdom of God are taking notes all the time. Come on, somebody. So be very careful what spiritual laws you're activating in your life. Make sure you're activating them in the right direction for the kingdom of God in your life. Amen? Remember, the spiritual laws are those things that are neutral, right? Faith. 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 Unbelief is just perverted faith. You believe something, but it's the wrong thing. Are you following me? The Word of God says that if you will be careful to do these things listed in Psalm 15, it says this, you will never be moved. Say, say, I will never be moved if I'm a worker of righteousness. You will be living and building your life as a Christian on the solid foundation and you will be experiencing the benefits of the blessing of God, of the presence of God. Now, the Holy Spirit showed me something before I came out here and I had to write it down here. But what Jesus talked about, right, the parable of building your house on the sand or building your house on the rock. Are you ready for this? Oh, come on. You got, here's what the Holy Spirit told me. He said this, both of them, the one that built on the sand and on the rock, were both believers. That's not talking about the one on the sand. That's not talking about the unsaved. It's talking about the believer that don't build it on the rock of God's word. Because it's possible for you to be saved and not build your life on the rock of God's word. Many people read that and think, oh yeah, the sand. Yep, that's the unbeliever. (laughs) No. No, 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 no. It's talking about us. Because I know a lot of Christians that their life is a mess right now. Are you following me? Psalm 24, as we get ready to close here in about 35 minutes. I'm just, did I, come on. You getting anything out of this? Listen, because character matters to God. Treat people right. I've been in too many jobs where they, it was just, it was just adults at, at middle school. Are you following me? It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I remember at one company I was at, there was one, uh, there was an instructor in the simulator. You have to go to the simulator in Dallas, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there was one that would slap, you did something wrong, he would slap the throttles, call you the F word, F this, F that, and treat you like a little kid. Now, that's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. Oh, there's one thing that really bothers me is disrespect. Don't disrespect me. Don't disrespect people. Treat them like a human being. Are you following me? Oh, oh don't get me started. Dude, do I look like the shade of red here? Does that look? Oh, that, that really bothers me on a job when someone is a bully like that. 
Uh-uh. And I was always the one that would stand up and say, no, you're not going to do that. I would always be the one. I'm not going to put up with it. Yeah, yeah you too. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Absolutely not. Psalm 24, 3 and 5. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. So who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may um, stand in his holy place? So when you read or hear those questions, your ears should perk up. Like, how many here, if you're a Christian, you want to know how to be in that place, amen? Right? I mean, if you're not interested in that, get saved. Okay, so uh, here... He is revealing spiritual laws, again, and how to activate them in a positive direction in your life from a kingdom of God perspective. Now it says, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. Now that is another way of saying this, ready? Clean hands means this, righteous actions. And a pure heart means this, pure motives. Say motives. You know what? You can do the right thing with the wrong motive and you're not getting anything from the Lord. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land, Isaiah says. Amen? So the motivations of a person for any action is birthed in your heart. I'm not talking about the pump. I'm talking about your spirit, man, in your heart. Amen? Your heart and soul. A person is... Think about this. A person is constantly weighing or thinking about their actions and what the benefit they can have or not have from doing an action. Do you know that? Whether it's happening in a split second or in a long time frame, we are always weighing things out in our heart, okay? Here's the problem. The filter they are using to weigh out those things are either going to be this, a fleshly mindset or a spiritual mindset. If it's going through a fleshly mindset, the motives are always going to be selfish and impure. Are you following me? If it's being filtered through a spiritual mindset from the Word of God, they will think of the kingdom of God. Here it goes. And how it's going to affect the other person. Flesh, selfish. Spiritual mindset, unselfish. A fleshly mindset only thinks about me. Right now, satisfying my own desires. A spiritual mindset thinks of others and future consequences. Amen? So everything in the flesh is about self. We need to be saved from self. Amen? In fact, that is pride. It's self. Pride is all about self. It is the cause of all sin. It's the cause of all pain. It's the cause of all disorder and destruction on this earth right now. Selfishness. Think about that. All right? So our motives must be pure. We must be thinking about others before self. Jesus said it this way. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And that is the exact opposite of the desire of the flesh. A spiritual mindset is unselfish. Amen? Now, I'm getting close to be done. I'm serious. Listen, just stick with me. Bump your neighbor. Come on now. Here we go. Remember, the commands are given in the Word of God for our benefit. It's going to fight against every fleshly desire you have. 
all that fleshly nature, their unrenewed mind, right? But they will ensure that the blessing of God stays upon your life. All right? Verse 4 goes on to say, listen to this, that you will ascend or rise to the holy hill of the Lord and stand in his holy place or the secret place of the Most High, right? If you don't, listen to me, if you don't lift up your soul to an idol. That was the condition right there. If you don't lift up your soul to an idol. Now, your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. If you allow, listen, your mind, will, and emotions to be affected by, to be moved by anything else except for the Word of God, listen, you will be disqualified from ascending or going higher into that secret place. Listen to this. God has zero tolerance in the life of Christians for idols. You know what that is? Having an idol or idols in our life, it is absolute high treason. It is high treason against the word of God, against the Lord himself. Amen? The word idol is defined as this. An image or representation of a god used as an object object of worship or a person or thing that is greatly admired, loved, or revered. First John, the book of First John, you want to know what the last verse, how the whole thing ends? In John 5, 21 says this, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. That was the whole summary in First in John. Keep yourselves from idols. So some of you are saying this, Look, I don't have an idol. I don't bow down to a statue in in my life, right? But it goes well beyond that shallow thought. Listen to this. An idol is anything or anyone that you make an object of worship, of obedience, or focus in your life. See, it's impossible to worship something without focusing on it. Bless you. Now, (laughs) so... (laughs) an idol is anything or anyone that is your object, you could say it this way, of focus. What are you focusing on in life? Think about it. it, It's anything or anyone that you put before your relationship with your heavenly father, uh, before his word in your life. It's interesting that the definition says, calls it an image. Say image. An image, an image can be created or formed right here in your thought life, right here in your imagination. Some of y'all are bowing down to things that you've made up in your own imagination. Think about it. I'm just giving you food for thought to think about this week. Amen? Anything that consumes your thought life, here's what it is. Anything that consumes your thought life without including God in it is an idol. Is it consuming your thought life? Invite God into that thing. Come on, put him first. And you'll see how fast that desire you have for that thing is going to fade away. Because then you're allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and wash away, to blow away that thing that you've been focused on so much. Are you following me? So many times the idol that we are bowing down to is ourself. And we're too blind to recognize it. I'm, I'm almost done. See, it's, this is the last page right here. Now, listen. So that is why, listen to this. Let me just tie this together. That is why the Word of God says this, that pride comes before a fall. 
What does that mean? It means pride blinds your spiritual eyes and shuts down your spiritual discernment. It comes because if you knew that you were heading toward a fall, you wouldn't do it. But when you're in pride, you can't see. Your discernment is shot. And you end up walking off a cliff and you don't even know it. Are you following me? I had to wake her up somehow. I know, I know that was right off the cuff. Yeah. So, uh, but listen, as we close here, you are heading for disaster and ruin and you don't even know it when you have pride. So we are commanded not to lift up our soul, our mind, will, and emotions to anything or anyone that would try to replace God and his authority in our life. Amen? All right, church, so we need to get our eyes off of self and back on God on his word. Amen? We need to be an honest, humble, and decent human being to those people around you. Why? Because it matters to God. It affects your relationship with Almighty God. So be a good person of moral character because it's important to Him. And it will keep you in the secret place. It will keep you in the bunker of God. So our character matters to God. And because it matters to Him, it should matter to us. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. The importance of character. Prayer team, come on up. Hallelujah. Lord, Lord, any pride that we have in our heart, Lord, expose it. Reveal it. If Lord, if we're heading toward areas that are not good, we're heading toward that cliff. Holy Ghost, we invite you, reveal it to us. Now, maybe there's someone in this place... You have never made Jesus Lord of your life. You're, you're what the Bible says is a child of the devil. Yeah, don't sound pleasant, but that's the fact. That's the fact. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come to this altar and pray with one of our prayer team members. Let's make Jesus Lord of your life today and have a new birthday. Amen? Because the fact is you don't know when you're going to take your last breath. People told me, you know what? I'll, just, I'll get into God later. Get into God. They're dead. They're burning in hell right now for eternity. People, we need a spiritual reality check of this stuff. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You're backslidden. You're one where you've been teetering. You're on the world. You're with God. You're on the world. Today, you know what? You need to determine and pick a side today. You want to make right with God? You want to rededicate your life to God? Come and pray with one of the prayer team members today. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism with speaking in tongues, come on up. We want to pray with you for that as well. If you need prayer for anything else, we will stay as long as we can to minister to you because that's what we do at Living Waters Chapel. Amen? Visitors, thanks so much for coming. I hope you got something. And Holy Spirit, just engraft every word that was spoken and camp every person with your holy angels, your holy ministering spirits, and bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to head to the door. God bless you guys. Love you all. Oh, well, I'm going to shake hands out here. So, yeah, you know, like Dr. Phil and his wife. Uh. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.